Hey everybody, it's Maylee Thomas. It's time for another Texas Homegrown Music, and I've got a guest today that we just hit it off immediately when we met, and I'm so excited for this interview. She is such a doll. You're going to love her. Her name is Courtney Patton. She's a really great singer-songwriter right here from Texas, and I just really, really enjoyed getting to know her, and I know you guys are going to as well. It's so much fun. She's got a lot of fun things to say, so let's just get to it. Before we do, though, I want to play a song that many of you probably know the story, but it's actually my life story. It's called Strong Like a Lily. Um, It's from our Revelation CD, so I'm going to do that for you right now, and when we come back, we're going to hear about Courtney's life and so many funny things that she's been through, and she's also married to a a singer-songwriter that you guys probably are familiar with, but we'll share that on the show, and um, just enjoy this this time together. I got to tell you, I love my job. I love bringing good music to you guys, and I'm doing it again this time, so we'll get right to it. Courtney Patton coming to you in a minute right after this song, Strong Like a Lily with Texas Homegrown Music and yours truly, Maylee Thomas. Strong like a lily, rich as a river, washed in the blood back on Texas Homegrown Music with my guest, Courtney Patton. Courtney, welcome to the show. Hey, 
great. Thanks, Maylee. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. good. And I'm excited that we finally got to do this. I know, I know. we've been you trying to put so this together. so persistent and patient because I've been <laughs> on the road for like two months. And so uh pegging me down was pretty hard i would i would come home for like one day and then turn around and leave again and so there was just like mom needs a nap i can't wait for christmas i'm gonna sleep and sleep (laughs) and sleep I wish I could say that. I think our busiest season for me is now until um, the first week after New Year's. And that's yeah. when I'm going to slow down. And I'm looking forward sure. to it big time. So um, so just so you know, I just um, I was reading about your new record. Um, Gordy Quist is um, he's getting around because I just yeah. had I just had um, Isaac Hoskins on. Oh, yeah. I was in there like the week after me, I think. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, man, and of course, I'm such a big fan of Band of Heathens and I and I love their style. But it's just exciting to me that I have two artists now that we can we can talk about your new records sure. and how um, Gordy was involved, which is phenomenal one one other thing i've got to say is your your album credits i mean freaking reads like a who's who in country music girl i know it's crazy how fun for you to have so many incredible artists um, be a part of this what did that mean for you so when we started the reason i reached out to gordy is i got to be a part of jason my husband jason ed his last record he made out there with gordy and they've been friends for a really long time and for all of those years that jason and i've been together i've only just been an acquaintance with gordy and so being a part of that and seeing the studio and hearing the sounds he was getting out of it it was just a no-brainer and i had been wanting really hard like really badly to make a record that wasn't so I think I'd kind of been forcing myself to try to be traditional country for a while um not for any reason other than I loved it you know and that's the song kind of songs I was writing and it was just kind of leaning itself more towards that traditional sound but these songs I wrote during the pandemic were not like that they weren't not all of them you know I think there's a couple on the record that still kind of lean toward that but they were, I was just writing music to write music. I wasn't thinking about genre. I wasn't thinking about what it needed to sound like. I just did the work. And so once I had them, I was like, this has to be done. Gordy has to do it. Uh, so we, I booked the studio with him, and he usually let the producer pick the, the musicians. But I said, I want Heather Stalling to play on it. I would love Jeff Queen to be a part of it. And it was the best. Like, uh, I also picked the bass player, Naj Conklin. He is a, used to used to be in a band with Jason for a little bit. This guy originally from Philly, he's lived in Austin for a really long time and uh, worked with John D. Graham and, and some other folks. Naj is, he and I both have an equal love for like James Taylor and that like 70s songwriter. And that's kind of where these songs were leaning a little bit. And uh, and he just was the perfect fit for it. And Gordy had not worked with him either. So that was fun to to put them together. But he brought in Richard and Trevor from his band. And now, of course, Richard's moved on and is working for uh, John Mellencamp, which yeah, is crazy. That's, that's, that's... No, Fogarty. Fogarty. Okay. I said the John wrong Fogarty. one. Fogarty. That's okay. <laughs> one of the One of the, one not of the, the Johns. Coog, not the Coog. The Creedence Clearwater guy. Yeah, he's working for Fogarty. And then Trevor's still in the band of heathens and had never put piano. I put, like regular barroom piano i'd never put like synthesizer and keys and all these organs and cool cool i just said i trust you i trust you whatever you hear let's do it and it was the most fun week i've ever spent we did 12 songs we recorded 12 songs in two days tracked live like we were playing a show they had never heard the songs we came in i would play them they would chart them. We would talk about kind of what we were hearing. We would kind of, Richard would start playing drums. We would all fall in and just start jamming. And then uh, Jeff and Heather would kind of figure out their solos just through jamming. And then we track live. And it, it synced up. They're such professionals, all of them. It synced up so much that we didn't have to do overdubs. The only overdubs on the whole record are the harmonies. It was magic. It was oh, completely wow. magic. And then when I heard the the roughs for the first time, I thought, I mean, you could put this out tomorrow and not mix it or master it or anything. And I just thought it sounded amazing. So I feel like I kind of found my 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 new recording home for a bit. So oh, good. Well, yeah. I'm sure they're happy about that because I'll tell you what, you you hit the nail on the head on the styles because I and 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 you know I the one thing that I don't like about what has happened with. Um, 
with uh, country radio and country Americana is some of these artists, a, a lot of them I know would like to be able to say, I'm just an artist. I like to right. sing what I sing and you yeah. guys can, you know, call it whatever you want. But, you know, it's almost like we have to pigeonhole ourselves by you saying do, we're a certain style. Mm -hmm. And it's not helpful when you go to release an album, you have to select your genre, you know, and how do you do that? So I'm thankful you know, people that don't know what Americana music is asked me what that means. And I said, basically, it's a home for all of us that don't have homes. Well, it can be traditional I, I country. Americana is a really great way of saying, you know, it's it's just it's music. It's just music. It's music. And I yeah. made it here in America. <laughs> yeah, we're we're independent create. I mean, I'm an independent creator and and I, I made music and now the, and it feels really good. So. So it, it was a little bit more of a departure stylistically from my previous records. And I just felt more like myself than I've ever felt. You know, I don't feel like I tried. I don't feel like I even thought about it. I just sang the songs that I wrote in the style that I wrote them, let the musicians play what they heard. And this is what we got, you know. So it that was that was very um, special for me to hear to hear it come out the way that I could have only dreamed it. To, to come out, you know, so I don't know. Well, I'm really so proud of it. When you talked about um, James Taylor and some of the seventies genres that, um, you know, it's funny because that is the era that I grew up with. I mean, I was, right. you know, I grew up in the sixties and seventies. I'm always interested in knowing, cause you're way younger than I am. Was that, a, was that because you found the music yourself or because your parents, yeah, yeah. I was going to say your parents turned you on to it. And uh, my mom, your mom and I are probably the same age. In fact, I might even be older than your mom no mom's 60 she just turned 62 so okay well yeah. we're the same age yeah basically so hi mom you're my radio <laughs> mom now um, got another mom she she listened to the songwriter the songwriter always uh, i mean i remember her even having like the wallflowers record when it came out you know so yeah. she listened to cool stuff too but we it was a lot of carol king tapestry was huge in my home uh joni mitchell's court and spark was one that pl played all the time every james taylor record that existed she had um and that sucked that soaked in uh for me and i don't know i don't know what it was i don't know it it, it gave me comfort it made me feel and maybe it's a, a nostalgia for me because it does remind me of my childhood when everything was perfect and happy and um, my dad listened to classic country. So I really got a mix of both from both parents. You know, dad would always have country music on in his truck and mom would always have like KVIL on in hers, you know? So we were listening to like Ron Chapman and smooth, smooth jazz and, oh my and, gosh, you know. and Michael Bolton. And, you know, I mean, I, I listened to everything. She, the big chill soundtrack was huge. So I was a big temptations fan and, um, uh, Smokey Robinson, like really any, any music that felt good, you know, like my mom was really in, in tune with that. She had good taste. So. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, well, so we probably were listening to the same thing. And of course, you know, that I talk about this a lot on the show. That was back when you would go and buy an album and yeah. you pull out the sleeve and you'd read about everybody oh, on it. Yeah. And you kind of get pictures. a feel for yeah. what, how it was made and what was done. And I miss that. I have missed that for decades ever since. Well, we I got to get you a vinyl then. Well, no, I I've got it. vinyls. <laughs> Believe me, I have vinyl. No, I got to get you vinyl. Yes, you got to send me your vinyl because I don't. Did that. I don't. Yeah. I, good. I I don't like the like that we've gotten to where we're. It's a kind of sterile thing now that we just sure. drop um, music, you know, and and we don't really understand what's behind that. And I I really enjoyed reading right. about it and understanding, you know, what it took and seeing the pictures in the studio yeah. and and seeing the camaraderie between the musicians and yeah. and getting a feel for what that was like. So um, it's. It's no wonder that I'm I'm really drawn to your music, Courtney, and I'm just so proud of you and what you're Thank doing. You. And I, I, the other thing I want to know is, did, were you always a prolific writer? I mean, did you write poetry as a child? Did you? Because I, I mean, you know, the way that you garner these songs together with the, the lyrics and the words that you use, your your expression. It's pretty amazing. Um, Thank you know, you. I feel like you could probably teach a creative writing class if you wanted. And um, well, of course, I know that you have. Um, we're going to we're going to touch on it in a little bit about the sequestered songwriters series that you guys started. But how did you know that you had this gift for writing songs? Because it is a gift. 
I think that I always did write. Uh, I remember in grade school, I mean, I, I have my old diaries. I wrote stories in them. And so I think I always just liked being creative. And so um, had great teachers. I mean, my, some of my, I, and I don't know if it's just because I loved it, but English was always, my favorite teachers were always English teachers. And uh, lucky enough to go to church with a lot of them. So they got to see me grow up and where, you know, see me do this now. And um, one of them still keeps in touch with me. And, and I always tease her and say, you know, it's country music, Miss Sullivan. I can use, um, I can use contractions and um, double negatives. And, you know, like I always tease her and say, <laughs> I can say things that don't make sense in the English language because I know the rules. If you know the rules, you can break them. And so that's kind of always been uh, been fun to me to kind of push the line. But I, I do think I always wrote. I don't know that I ever thought it would be music. I always loved to sing, but I never put the two together until my mom bought me a guitar. And I got it in high school because I had a crush on a boy and church was moving away from the hymnal and into this praise and worship thing, which I didn't like. I was very, for as loud and outgoing as I am, when it came to that, I liked I liked tradition and I liked holding the hymnal and singing that, but I also wanted to sing. I didn't want to be left out and I had a crush on the band leader. So I wanted, I didn't want to just sing because I was awkward. So I wanted something to do with my hands. So I got a guitar and I taught myself how to play. Then I would just sit in my room and play and play and play. And that's when I started writing songs. And I would write, I would take a poem, I would write it without music, and then I would go put chords to it. And they were terrible, you know. Um, they were terrible songs for years and years. And I still, I still actively crank out terrible songs. But, um, <laughs> well, you don't put them out. You know, no, I don't put them out. I, I've never heard an, I've never anymore, heard a terrible anymore. song. Anymore. <laughs> well, anymore, I'm going to, I'm going to sing that title track. I mean, sing, I'm, I'm going to play do it. The, the title track, Electrostatic. And of course I know a little bit about this song because I, um, I read about it and you and I talked about it off the right. air. Um, I know that it's, um, you know, it's about your sister who you lost a couple decades ago and I think and I told you I lost my brother a few decades ago and I listened to this song and and what it means and how it feels to have those moments where you just wish you could right. see him again and yeah and you know they visit you I, I'll, I'll tell you you know a lot of people out there are gonna think I'm crazy but my brother has visited me so many times in my dreams and I just opened myself up to it and you have to I've, I've got a quick story I have to tell you it'll probably put the hair make the hair go back on your neck but my brother came to me very quickly after he passed away in a dream and at the time I was living with a keyboard player who I'm not with any longer so <laughs> but this is this is 30 years ago this is before my husband George who I've been with right. for 30 years <laughs> um he my brother came to me in a dream and told me a, a, a joke a story which that was his thing he always wanted to make me laugh and I, I woke up and I told it to my boyfriend at the time. And he thought, oh, that was really sweet of him. Well, we went to eat at Norma's Cafe, which we like to eat at all the time at that uh, over in Oak Cliff. And we walked in and we saw one of my brother's good friends, probably his only real friend that he had made in uh -huh. Dallas because he hadn't been here very long. And I said, um, I walked over to him and I and I said, how are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm doing good today. He goes, you know. My brother's nickname was Peanut. He goes, you know, Peanut came to see me last night in a dream. And I'm standing there with my boyfriend. And okay, I, I know said, what's about to happen. I, I said, you know, he came to me too. And he goes, yeah, he told me the most the funny story about being in a dentist chair and saying how awkward it is when they ask you questions, but they have cotton in your mouth and you can't talk. And my boyfriend freaked the F out. <laughs> and I was just standing there saying, you know what? And I just, I bawled. I said, he, cry. he said the same thing to me. Mm. And so I believe in that girlfriend and I, I believe too. in the power of that. And, yeah. um, and that's another thing we have in common. I grew up in yeah. church singing gospel music and I did that for a long time. So um, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I hope this song does things for other people that have lost right. um, loved ones. And um, I, I feel very strongly that it will, because as soon as I heard it, I felt what you were feeling and it really made, it brought tears to my eyes too. So we're well, going to play you. electrostatic right now. When we come back. We're going to talk with Courtney, some more about this wonderful thing they started called Sequestered Songwriters and how it's grown into a beautiful, beautiful ministry to, to musicians all over all over the country, really. And, and then also um, just about your life and what it's like um, 
what it's like to live like you do being a mom and a wife and this um, singer, entertainer, and just truly a good human. I can already tell you're just a wonderful person, honey. So we'll be right back with Courtney Patton. Right Right now you're going to hear Electrostatic off of her new album that she just dropped. You guys got to go see her and, and buy this music. destroyed i never felt you leave this place though i long to see your face one more time but what would once more grant me but an endless case of wanting for a ladder to your cloud so i could climb did you know that trees have children and a language of their own and when one of them it can cry Fires might emblazon And the mighty wind might weaken But we build with what they leave us when they die What if all that energy was just you Trying to reach for me Electrostatic sideways in the night I'd never seen your storm before When I turned my back You reached some more You waited for the timing to be right I wish I'd planted you sunshine in the seeds of yellow flowers so you could spend your hours growing slow but my grief was just too damn deep I walked for days in awakened sleep we boxed you up and dropped you down below what if all that energy was just you trying to reach for me electrostatic sideways in the night I beg for God to show me all his rage on display before me there you were and the darkness turned to light it turned to with Courtney Patton and um, she and I have been just talking about some crazy stuff so I gotta get my mind off of that Um, girl I tell you what it really is nice to know that um, that you you actually are doing more than just singing songs I mean you're giving hope to people through your music and I I don't know I I've said it many times and it's kind of trite but we always say that music transcends you know all kinds of uh People. I mean, it really speaks to people. Um, How did you know and when did you know that this was something you wanted to do? And and when did you really feel like you had stepped into this role? I know Um, you said you started out in church and you stayed in church. And could you tell when people were moved by your music? Because I know I can. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there was ever a moment. I think I just, it just made me happy, you know, and 
I loved singing and I felt like the happiest version of myself when I was doing it or if I was around it. And um, I just really, I moved to Tarleton, I moved to Stephenville to go to college in 2000 and there was a really great venue that, that had li- two venues. They're both gone now, sadly, but they had live music every week. I would save my lunch money and buy tickets to go see these shows. And we're talking Cross Canadian Ragweed, Great Divide, Pat Green. Like, it was the whole Texas country movement. Um, I had just, my mom had also found Robert O'Keefe when I was in high school. And so that was, it was just a really big, fun time for this type of independent music that I didn't know existed before I went to college. And so I just played at the open mic night every week. And I loved it. And then I got married. And I became a mom, and I did not play music. Like, I would take opening gigs for McClure when he would come to town with his band after Great Divide broke up. Um, But I was a stay-at-home mom, and I didn't think that I would ever do it. And so I took like a thousand bucks, a couple thousand bucks, I don't know, and I went to Oklahoma and let him produce my first record. And it was all songs that I'd written in college. I was probably 25 or 6. I had just quit nursing my daughter, who's now 16, and I just wanted to record these songs that I had, like, made demos at church for. And they were terrible. Beer songs, you know, cheating songs. Like, whatever I could write as a 20-year-old that didn't have had not lived life yet, you know. Um, and I just wanted to put them down for my friends and family. I didn't think I'd ever do anything with it. And then I didn't touch the guitar for probably two years when the kids were little. And then something just switched in me around the time I turned 30 and I went through a divorce and I leaned heavily on that instrument and started playing again. I started writing again. And the next thing I knew, I'd written 10 songs in like a matter of a week or two. And it just didn't, it wasn't stopping. And and so as much as I tried to push it back, it pushed right back at me. So um, it, when I turned 30, I just quit my day job and thought, I got to do it. I'm a single mom. This is the worst time to try to do this, but I'm going to do it now or never. So I did it, and I've been doing it for 10 years full-time now. It's the only job I have, and uh, I don't – it's hard sometimes. I want to quit a lot. <laughs> I very much like to be home and be a mom and, and sleep in my own bed, but I also very much feel the pull of being out and playing songs. So it's just a balance. It's I feel like I definitely – I'm a Gemini, so I think I get – I'm two-headed monster, you know, so it's very obvious that I'm a bipolar in my job, in my <laughs> in my home life and my work life. You know, I have to kind of separate those to be able to do it. But yeah, it's it's it. I think it was just bigger than me. It, whatever the force was was just bigger than me trying to push it back. You know. Well, I mean, it's it's just actually not really what you do. It's just it's really who you are, and, yeah, and that, I think that's, that's kind of a difference. I mean, I, think I, I the same kind of thing. I went through a divorce at twenty seven, and I um, came back to Texas um, from California, and I realized that uh, this was home for me. And I, you know, I I, I wasn't sure if I was really going to stay here, but I started playing music and it just felt right. And I realized that I was missing out on that. And I, I was still doing some music when I was married, but it wasn't, it wasn't the same. I wasn't really able to do what I wanted to do. I was kind of uh, under, under the thumb of, of what he wanted me to do. And, so I was able to write my own story and it, it made a difference for me to have to do it because I sure. had to do it. I didn't know anything else. I was singing jingles and working in uh, three jobs and playing gigs at night. And, uh, and I just figured out it's sink or swim and thankfully I'm still around, sure. but I also, I'm also very, very lucky. I, I ended up marrying my guitar player <laughs> in my band. And so 30 years later, we're still making music together along with so yeah. many other things. Um, I sure. don't know if you know this or not, but my husband's actually the mayor of the town that I'm in. And so okay. we're, we, we, we wear a lot of different hats and it's, just, I, I think I told you I run a nonprofit as well and being a mom for four with four kids, mine are all adults. Now you're just getting into that with a yeah. 16 year old. And then your son right. is what? He's 18. Oh, he'll be 18 in April. So he's so, a senior, but yeah. So you've got an 18 and a 16 year old, um, yep. you know, you got a little more freedom than you ever had before, for sure. But a lot yeah. of times at that age, <laughs> giving them that freedom is scary, too. Because Yeah, I'm so lucky. I have the best kids. They're just they don't break rules. They don't uh, they don't push boundaries. They're respectful. They're hardworking and honest kids. And, you know, I, I think parents always want to say that. But 
I really am not blind. Like I'm aware that they're kids. Dang it! I should have sent my kids to you. Yeah, they're good kids. They they. uh, I don't know what I did for all the wrong I've done. I did something right, you know. And and uh, they have great grandparents and great family, and I think that is all part of it. But um, I I feel it's harder for me to leave though because I don't want to miss any of it, you know. Um, But Peyton, so your son is senior this year. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Look how you see I'm tearing I up just talking about that. it. I'm sorry. It's, um, I'm not ready, but, you know, you got to let them go. So it'll just give me more time and more, you know, ability. Hopefully I've never been able to write them a song because I think that's the love is hard to write about, but it's also like that kind of love. Like you want to get that right. You know? I know. So. I feel the same way. And I, I'm, I've done that as well. I mean, we, my husband and I wrote one song years ago about our oldest son because he was going through something and it's called yeah. tell me. And, but the other ones, I, they're so special, each one of them. And I'm in the same way. It's like, I, I don't know that I could capture everything yeah, that they exactly. are in one yep. song. It's, I it's mean, impo- it's almost impossible. It, it's yeah. amazing. And, um, and I'm so glad that I did it. Aren't you glad you did it? Even as hard yeah. as it is. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad that I did have my children because I know that at the end of my life, I'm not going to look back and say, Oh, I wish I'd played, um, Oh yeah. You know, Carnegie not Hall. At all. But I know that I would say if I didn't have children I, or didn't have a family that I created and I'm not oh, saying, my gosh. Absolutely. I, I, think, I think I'm so fulfilled in knowing that I, I left something really beautiful behind and um, absolutely. And that's the, my love for my kids. I absolutely, you know, yeah, I agree. It's a beautiful thing. Well, so tell me, um, this this marriage that you have with Jason, both of you guys being on the road, and how tough is that? Yeah, it's been it's it's it has its challenges. It seems like it's been hardest this year. He's been gone a lot, like uh, kind of hit the road. I think being stuck at home during the pandemic, he's a wanderer. I mean, by by genetics and in his heart, but like his grandpa was, his mom is, his sister has it. They all have this need to to just get out and go and this job affords him that opportunity and when the pandemic hit it really was hard for all of us and and for the whole world but but it really for a guy that needs the road to help feel balanced you know where I need to recharge at home he needs to get out and so I think because of that once everything opened back up he's like I'll do anything I'll do anything so he's been gone like months and months at a time and so we're just now in the reconnecting phase and that's good you know like he's home for the first time he left he was gone all spring and then he was home for like a week or two and then he left again uh september and he just got home like just the other day like two days ago like home oh, so nice. that's well, been good you yeah. guys you guys were still busy over the pandemic i want to touch yeah. on that you guys started this sequestered songwriters um, tell me about that. And I, I mean, I, I had Matt Hillier on just recently and he, we talked about it a little bit and I, yeah. and I, and I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell me, cause that's kind of your baby, wasn't it? This was, yeah, it, it was, um, it was Merle Haggard's birthday. We were stuck at home. This was two weeks into what we were told was only going to be two weeks at home. And then it was like, ah, it might be two months y'all settle in. This virus is bad. So we're like, well, crap, what do we do? So I just kind of said, I was talking to another radio friend of mine that was scheduling like a live stream for their radio station. And I, and, and I just said, Ooh, she said something about April 6th. And I go, Oh no, no, no. That's Merle Haggard's birthday. Let's do April 7th. I said, we may want to do something. We may want to do something for Merle's birthday since we're stuck at home with our friends. So I went in the living room and told Jason, I was like, should we do a hag off like a virtual guitar pool. So we called Randy Rogers and Wade Bowen and Max and Heather Stolly and Cody Canada. Like we called all of our buddies that we like the ones that we knew would want to do it, you know? And, and we did and it worked and it was like, okay, I'm going to go live on my Facebook page. Randy had never done that in his life. He has management, you know? So I had to teach him how to do it. <laughs> I had to walk a lot of people through it. Oh, I know. Uh, to figure out how to get on. And then that was, we were it all worked. analog living in yeah, a virtual yeah, yeah. world, yes. but we're all analog. <laughs> yeah. So it worked. And then the next day, John Prime passed away. So we all decided 
let's do John Prine, but we should invite Dub Miller because he does Lake Marie. And it was like all these things. Well, let's add a few more people. So then it grew. And then the next thing you know, we have a spreadsheet of over 100 musicians that we didn't have enough room. I mean, there were people who had their feelings hurt. And I said, look, dude, all you have to do is ask. But I got to tell you, like this core group, if they fill up, it's filled up. Like we had, we could not do more than 30 musicians a week because it was three hours long. The show was so long. Like, it started at 6 p.m. and we would go to almost 10 o'clock every Monday night. Well, and we I did know. It for I've a got whole friends year. that were there on the whole time watching yeah. it and just loved yeah. it. It was, it like, was great. Yeah, it was something it was to look great. forward to at a time when, you know, yep. we, live music just wasn't being played. Yeah, and it was, for those that don't know that are listening, it was a way we just tributed artists that meant something to us or whose music was widespread or... You know, like Aretha Franklin, like, let's challenge ourselves. Like, we don't, we're not soul singers, not all of us, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, girlfriend, you're sing. a soul singer. No, but I've you know what you. I mean. Like, yeah. here in Matt Hill, you're singing a Aretha Franklin song. Like, it, it's, <laughs> it was, it was a fun challenge for a lot of people. And it forced me to become a better guitar player. It forced me to become a better writer. I learned more about different styles. I learned about Joni Mitchell's weird alternate tunings, you know, like it really, we had the time to learn. So it was a way to not get idle. It was a a way to not feel depressed it was a way to feel connected with our musician friends but also our fans and people wanted it so fiercely that they would were willing to tip so they started tipping money so we created a sequestered songwriters nonprofit and made a venmo and they would send money in and we were able to give we paid for two vehicles we paid for doctor bills for artists but it's any kind of americana musician in need that is in like financial crisis and it was not pandemic related it couldn't be you lost money because of covid because we all lost money because of covid so this had to be like charlie charlie shafter had emergency i think it was his gallbladder or, or uh, appendix something ruptured he went septic he was in the hospital for over a week it was really bad his hospital bills were eighty thousand dollars so we were able to talk the hospital down to 14 and then sequestered songwriters paid the bill off. Wow, so it was funny. just like, that's just so beautiful. It's amazing. Oh. But it's all because they, it's all because people wanted it every week. Well, they I know, but it's all it because home, you, know. you had, you had an idea and you didn't, you weren't afraid yeah. to put it out there and make yourself well, available. It, and... it made us just as happy. I promise. We, so I know, believe we, me, I know what it feels yeah. like to do something good. It's, it's, yeah. it's kind of the most selfish thing thing that I do because Absolutely. Um, it makes yeah. me feel so good. It does feel <laughs> right? so good. And it, and it felt good. It felt good. Like we had a little group text. And so we had a, we had a very specific thing. Like, so every Monday night after the show, we would have a zoom party. So we would all sit on our own porches and zoom with each other. And then, uh, the next morning at 10 AM, I would send the artist and you had to, you had to select your, or the night after the show, I would send the artist that was the tribute for the next week. So they wouldn't know until the night before, and then they had wow. to 10 a.m. to pick the song, and then they had to fight for it in the group chat at 10 a.m. Oh, my gosh. And then once, it's like a game show. Every, <laughs> oh, it was so fun. It was so fun. And it was like duking it out, you know, and it was whoever was timestamped first, like whoever's text came through first got the song. And so it was really, really it. fun. I it was so it. fun. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I didn't know that part. That's so fun. Yeah, well, yeah it was, we, we had behind the scenes fun, too. You know, it was really great. Uh, it sounds like you guys have a nice little family there with it. And I, I think it's just a wonderful thing yeah. that you're bringing people together and for, together for good. So it's yeah. still going on, by the way. It's still you guys are still doing things together. And um, yeah, so we, we need to do something. We you know, we did our festival last October, but we've all just been so busy touring and putting out records that we weren't able to put out for two years. And so it's gotten to the point where. We really need to, uh, we're trying to figure out a way to do something maybe before the year is up just to try to help because we did give out several grants this year. So we'd like to try to recoup what we're spending so we can always continue to help people that apply for the grant. So, well, let me know. Um, I want to be a part of it okay. uh, financially. Let Texas Homegrown Music it. and Guitar Sanctuary would love to help. So yeah, you make us it. a Thank part you. of that. Well, I'm going to play Never on the Hurting End. I don't really want you to tell me exactly what it means because okay. I think that... Um, I think it means something different for each one of us. Sure. <laughs> you know, but sure. give me a little bit of person. Get, yeah. Give me a little bit of what the impetus was for this. So I wrote, I was in a songwriter group 
during the pandemic and we had to turn in a song every Wednesday by, by midnight and you had to write the song by yourself. And so whatever the prompt was this week, I can't even remember what it was. Uh, corner. I think it was corner or something like that in the corner or whatever. So I paint yourself in the corner. So I just started it and then it just took off to kind of become a song for those people that get away with everything, you know? Um, and I wasn't a hundred percent happy with the song that I turned in. And so I went back and, and X'd out the lines that I didn't like. And I sent it to Adam Hood and I asked him if he could help me finish it because I just felt like it was something he would be good at. And he did. He helped well, me. It's a, and it's, it's a great, and it's I love it. It's a great it. song. And I love, I love the groove. I love the beat on it. And Thanks. it makes him want to move. Never on yeah. the hurting end with Courtney Patton. And we'll come back on Texas All right. music right here. What's new? You always paint yourself in a corner So you find a way to fake it till you make it out I guess that's how you learn to play the performer How you gonna feel with Courtney Patton. If you haven't been listening to this, if you just tuned in, you better get you better go on and get the podcast because 
Um, this is a phenomenal interview about a really great human being. And, you know, Courtney, I want to have you come to um, Guitar Sanctuary or to our venue, the, uh, the sanctuary. We're going to talk about to. it. Texas Homegrown uh, Music's doing a series next year, and I'd love to have you. And I and I know okay. that you're good friends with Jade Marie. Um, I love her. And she's, yeah, she's got a new record she's working on. So maybe we could book you guys right after that record drops and we could do That'd a great. bill. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so you're going to be playing in our area coming up. Um, I see you're going to be at the post on December 4th in Fort Worth. And then on yep. Wednesday, the 7th, you'll be at the Gar Hole. And then yep. you'll be at the Kenny store on December 8th. And then yeah. I think you actually get a break. Are you going to break are you gonna for get the rest to- of the year? Oh, <laughs> Good. Yeah. Maybe you can catch up on some of that sleep and snuggles that you need. And hopefully um, Jason will be home too. Sounds I know. Like you I guys know. Yeah. Have been I'm off of- for the rest of the year after this little run with Jamie Lynn. So yeah, the, the, the shows at the poster sold out, but, um, but there were a few tickets left at, at the gar hole last time I checked. And then uh, Kenny's store will be fun. I haven't been there in a few years, but last time we were there, we had a really, really good time. So I well, think be I can't great. imagine not. Um, you're just so fun to be with and just talk to. I can't imagine people not well, going out. I'm something. Me. I'm sassy for sure. <laughs> Well, you know, I've got some friends. I think, you know, I, I don't know if you actually know their names, but Karen and Jack Brown, who oh, are, yes, I yes. Love oh my gosh. Well, they're very good friends of ours. And um, they've been telling me about you for a long time. And I can't wait to tell them that I finally got you on the show. Um, and I don't know if you know this about them, but they are the most fun couple. I know that they really get it. Neither one of them are musically inclined at all, but they love music. And they go out and see artists all the time and they're true lovers and they talk about you all the time to people. So you've got they're some, amazing. You've got some amazing fans out there, girl. And um, they, they came down to uh, San Antonio to see me and Jamie Lynn not too long ago, too. Yep. And I was like, what are y'all doing front row? You know, yep. she goes, oh, this yeah. is what we do, girl. This is what we do. <laughs> they do. So. And she is just a bundle of joy. And Jack's, yeah, Jack's a lot of fun. So, you know, that's the other thing that I love about country artists and what and, and, and Americana or however you want to say it. You know, we're approachable people. And I love right. that. And I and you connect with your fans. And it's always sure. been that way. It's all you it know, has. There's this very little of that starstruck kind of mentality, right. you know, and you write about it and you end up um, talking to people. And it's sure. just it's just the way that I think we should be as people. I mean, yeah. you know, put all those facades away because we all know everybody does the same thing. We all absolutely we all have the same struggles. We all go through the same things right. in life. And, you know, what's really funny is when people come and see me um, do work or set up. Um, before a gig or whatever, you know, they're, they always had this vision that, you know, because we're artists that we don't do any of that stuff. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Right. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I've slung a lot of chords and picked up a lot, right. of, a lot of guitars and carried them to the band and done all that yes. stuff. And I, I like it because some of my best conversations are with fans that'll come up to you during that time. And, you know, they get to see that you're just a real person. And I'll tell yeah, you what, I- I, I like that, Courtney. I, I do love too. That. I do yeah. too. It's a it, our scene is really really cool that way. It, they become fans, become your friends and your family, and it's. I don't think there's anything like it. I really don't. Uh, Lori McKenna, I had the opportunity to hang out and meet her and Steamboat at Music Fest last year, and she ended up in our room at the end of the night, and it was Randy Rogers and Bruce Robinson and Wade Bowen and Jason and Jamie Lynn and Caitlin Butts and. Uh, I mean, Kelly McQueen, we were all just our friends and she was in there with us and she looked around and she pointed at all of us. She goes, we don't have that. We don't have that in Nashville. We don't have that in Boston. There's not this group of people that lift each other up the way that you guys do and support each other and know each other's music and sing with each other. She's like, it just doesn't exist. And so we're really, there's something really special in our scene, you know? Yeah, and I I love it, and I I love being a very small part of it just by getting to interview you guys and share you with 
my listening audience and let the world know that, you know, you are special people. And we are special people. Texas musicians are the best. Right. And I, I, and I, I you know, I'm not just saying that. I mean, I really do. And I, I and of course, I, I'm just talking about the fact that you're so open to work together right. and you don't have this competitive edge. Sure. We, we're all just trying to make good music and get out there Absolutely. and sing about life. That's and right. so um, I, I so enjoyed getting to know you, honey, and I really am looking forward to seeing you live. And I'm definitely going to go snag some tickets from the gar hole. And look at that. <laughs> no, <laughs> you seriously. You can't I, see this, but she's got this rogue kitty cat that just came and sat in her lap. And it's you know, a cross-eyed <laughs> Siamese cat. And it won't. <laughs> oh, my it God. It won't leave me alone. It's tried to knock the tripod over. It's try, It got tangled in my in my headphones. And I thought, okay, pick this is going have to have so smoothly. I have to. Oh, have no, it just picture. ran off. Kitty, come here. <laughs> now now that you want it, want to come back. Oh, my gosh. It's like I'm the cat lady. They just come. They just come to me. You know, come here. Here. You know what it a is? Of you. Come here. People can tell when you when you love. All right. Ready? Yeah. Here we, here go. we go. Let me see. Oh, I don't know if it's going to open it. <laughs> I know. Open your eyes, buddy. Oh, hey. my gosh. That's Look. so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, even know whose cat. It's got a collar on. It's somebody's pet. I got to well, find its home. I'll tell you what, people. Get the last few tickets at Garhole if you haven't. I'm going to snag some right now as soon as we hang up. I will see you there on the 7th, my dear. Yay! And I look forward to giving you a big old hug. And oh, I can't I was going to have you send me your address, but I'm just going to bring your swag with me that day. Oh, and that way we'll get, to, we'll get to hug. Okay. So Perfect. you guys, Courtney Patton, we're going to play Casualty. What a beautiful song this is. And you know Thank what? You. I just love that you wrote about the fact that, yeah, you can actually do life by yourself if you had to. You're ha you know, we, we all need to get to that place. I think it's important right. for us. And when you go through the things that you've been through, and I know the things that I've been through, you have to be comfortable enough in your own sure. skin to know that if you had to, you could do it alone. Right. And uh, yeah, it, there's also a little bit of surrender at the end that, you know, sometimes it's, Sometimes it's okay to also need well, help. I and love I think that, that I love yeah. that, you know, that, that there's power in connection with sure. people. I mean, I, yeah. I tell you, my husband and I can get so much more done together than we can apart. But it's yeah. important for us to, I tell my children, you gotta all the do time, both. It's Absolutely. important for you to be able to, to do both. So, anyway. Yeah. I love you, girl. Thank you I for really having do. me. Oh, and what a great afternoon. It's Thank been you wonderful. So much. And we'll be right back with Texas Homegrown Music. sand where each wave meets the land and makes its way back out to sea that's the way that it goes it ebbs and it flows just like it does with me try as I
Well, once again, there's the end of a show. I can't believe it already. I loved having her on there, and I'm definitely going to go see her. I'll be at that show on December 7th um, in Anna, Texas. You guys should join me. That's going to be a lot of fun, and I absolutely love her, and I hope she does some really, really great things, which I have no doubt she will. So you want to join me at the Gar Hole? I think it might be a sold-out show at this point, so check her out. Courtney Patton, what a doll. And um, also, come back and see us next week. I've got some interesting acts coming up, and we're going to be starting some, I know, Christmas music, because it's that time of year now, and I absolutely love it anyway. So you guys, hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday, and uh, we'll be back next week right here on Texas Homegrown Music, thanks to Tupps Brewery, Guitar Sanctuary, and my good friends at um, Burris Injury Law. We'll be back next time right here on Texas Homegrown Music with Maylee Thomas. We're going to go out with a sweet new artist. Her name is Grace Tyler. She's from Frisco, Texas, which is a neighboring town of mine. And she's got a beautiful country voice that uh, I just love. And I think you guys will, too. It's called Texas and You, which I'd love that next time. We'll see you, Texas and You, right here on Texas Homegrown Music with yours truly, Maylee Thomas. Peace out, everybody. I love switching up my state of mind.